What's up, everybody? Welcome to Uneasy KPZ. My name is Katie, and thank you so much for starting this journey with me. I am so excited to finally be getting this podcast going. I have battled anxiety for years, and I figured, why not turn it into something positive, dump it back into the community, and not just try to help myself, but also help others who may be struggling along the way. Welcome back to Uneasy KPZ. I'm so excited to be back with episode number three. This week, I want to talk about self-care and what that may mean for me, what that may mean for you, different techniques, strategies, and the pros and cons. Because yes, believe it or not, there are downsides to self-care, and I will explain what I mean by that a little bit later on in this episode. But first and foremost, as always, thank you guys so much for being here with me and tuning in to listen. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I mention self-care? It should be something that's personal to you that you use to help calm you down if your anxiety is high or maybe your depression has you feeling really low. Do you like to get lost in a Netflix binge? Do you go for a run? Maybe you want to pick up a piece of paper and a pen and start doodling because that's really what relaxes you and brings you back down to earth. Whatever the case may be, there is no universal blueprint for everybody as far as what their self-care should look like. There is no right or wrong answer. What works for me might not work for you, and that is totally okay. One of the most prevalent things that I do, and it definitely has the highest impact on some of my lowest days, is just being outside in nature. I know that sounds really simplistic and pretty basic, but it really does work for me. I've done this since I was a kid. I've always loved just being outside, feeling the warm sun on my face and the breeze on my skin. There's something about kicking off my shoes and feeling the blades of grass beneath my toes. Sometimes I'll even sit on a big old rock in the middle of a creek bed just to listen to the water rushing past me. There's something to being outside that has always calmed me down. I've loved going on walks barefoot since as long as I can remember. I love to take my dog on walks. That's something that is usually my go-to if I'm having a really rough time. I can attest to many times that I've been stuck in bed for a couple days in a row And what really pulls me out of it is dragging myself to my car and getting outside. I love to drive to my favorite park I often go to. And sometimes I'll be out there for a few hours. Sometimes I'll only be out there for 20 to 30 minutes. It really just depends on what's going on with me that day or that week. And I just kind of go from there. And something else that's interesting to me, which I'm sure I'm way behind the curve on this. I know this has been a thing probably for years, is grounding or earthing. I don't know if you all are familiar with those terms, but essentially it is connecting to the Earth's electromagnetic field and it supposedly naturally calms you down. There was actually a study that I just did a lot of research on because it was so intriguing to me and I couldn't stand it. My curiosity got the best of me. It was a study done by this group of researchers and doctors. They took a sample of people who suffer from anxiety and they took them to this clinic for an eight week long trial on cortisol levels in relation to using grounding techniques on a daily basis. 
If you're not familiar with what cortisol is, it is a negative response chemical that your brain puts off when you are highly stressed or in fight or flight mode. It is very prevalent in people who suffer from anxiety, and it can actually be very damaging to your insides and your organs. That'll be another conversation for another day. But with this study, when they took the measurements of people's cortisol levels from the beginning of the eight-week trial to the end, the results were astonishing. It was crazy how much lower their cortisol levels were just from using grounding techniques. There was no medication that was used. There was nothing else that was used. Diet wasn't changed. Exercise wasn't a factor. It was very specific grounding techniques that were given to these individuals to do, and it worked. I do not doubt that for a second. Like I said, I've done this since I was a kid, just didn't really know there was an actual term for it. But I find it very interesting, and I don't doubt for a second that it works because it has been working for me for years. So I highly recommend it if you have not tried just kicking your shoes off and walking around in some grass for a little bit and see how you feel. See if you feel any calmer. Something else that I really like to do is I'll just take a get ready for Katie day. I will have no plans, no one to see, nowhere to be. But I'll take a really long bath. I'll do a body scrub. I'll put on some of my favorite smelling lotion. I'll do a face mask, maybe even a hair mask if I'm feeling real crazy. And I'll put on my fuzziest, warmest robe and I'll just get ready. I'll put on makeup, do my hair, maybe look through my clothes and my jewelry and for no reason at all. I won't take any pictures. Social media doesn't have to know about it. It's just something I do for me that makes me feel good. And I really do think there's something to that. The whole look good, feel good, do good theory. I know this from my own personal experience just because I have found that if I'm having those really rough times where I'm stuck in bed for a couple days in a row and I haven't really changed my clothes or brushed my hair out or taken the time to get ready at all, it definitely keeps me down longer. Sometimes I have to work a lot harder when I'm having my really low days and I'll have to do a lot of self-talk as far as, okay, come on, let's go one foot in front of the other. You're going to get up. You're going to do A, B, C. And I have to really give myself almost like a checklist of things that I need to do. But what I have found is when I get myself up, I put myself in the shower, I brush out my hair, I put on a fresh pair of clothes, I do a little bit of makeup, it doesn't have to be anything extreme, my mood does go up. And then as I start feeling better, I start doing more. There's action that's put into play that is typically more positive, and it really does have an impact on whatever it is that I'm going through at that point in time. And I know it's a lot easier said than done. I know that the point of dealing with anxiety and depression is it's hard to put one foot in front of the other because a lot of times there's no motivation. A lot of times there's just no drive, no desire or want to get out of bed and do something different. I totally 100% get that and can definitely relate. But those are the days that I work the hardest is the days that I feel the worst is when I want to work the most because that's when breakthroughs happen. So if I'm feeling awful, I've been in bed for a few days on that third day or second day, fourth day, whatever day it is, I have to have that conversation with myself and really try to push myself to get up and do something different because I want to feel good. I want to look good and I want to do good. So that's when I really have to dig deep and find it within myself to get up and to put one foot in front of the other to get those things done to help get me to a better place.
A third thing I really like to do for myself, for my self-care also, is I like to make myself a snack tray that looks like it belongs on a magazine. What I mean by that is I'll take out my favorite bamboo wooden tray and I'll get out some cheeses, olives, yummy crackers, whatever my favorite snacky foods are, and I'll put them together on the tray that's aesthetically pleasing to me and just my liking because I'm the only one that's going to be eating it. I'll also pair it with a really pretty drink. I'll get out a wine glass or something that I enjoy drinking out of only for special occasions. I'll put some fresh ice and water in it, cut up some fruit, maybe get out some mint leaves and make it really pretty to pair it with the snack tray. There's something to taking time out for yourself to prepare a meal, even if it's not something extravagant like a full-blown dinner. Something that you take the time out to prepare for yourself is so indulgent. I was really thinking about how often do I actually cook something decent for myself. I love to cook for Blake. I love sharing meals with family and friends. But how often do I really take the time to prepare myself a meal that I'm proud of, that looks nice, that tastes good, that's just for me, that I know that I'm worthy of? Do you ever do that for yourself? Do you ever create a meal for yourself that is just so nice to look at and tastes really good and it's just for you? There's something about that that makes it so indulgent and it's really something I enjoy doing that... Is a basic need. We have to eat to live, but when you're throwing together sandwiches all the time or going through fast food joints or just eating out or ramen noodles, whatever that whatever it is, when you take the time out to really make something that's just for you, it is so satisfying. Now on the flip side of that, I want to go ahead and talk about the downsides of self-care and I'm not talking about the individual techniques I've come up with myself or what you maybe do for yourself. I'm talking about the self-care tactics that are influenced by outside people or trends or whatever it is off of social media and that'll be a reoccurring theme throughout this podcast is talking about society and the world we live in and how hyper exposed we are to pictures, memes, videos, hashtags, and trends and how they negatively impact mental health and as well as how they positively impact mental health. But for right now, I want to talk about how they can be a downfall when it comes to self-care. And I want to use Kylie Jenner as an example. Now, Kylie is a highly successful, stunning beauty mogul who has essentially taken over the beauty world by storm. She has just recently dropped a skincare line. I have not personally purchased any Kylie Jenner products to date yet. I'm not bashing her stuff at all. I think she has very stunning eye palettes and whatnot. I just personally haven't put any of my money into her stuff yet. But with her skincare line, I want to use this as an example because I think so many people, when they hear self-care, they think extravagant. They think, okay, what does this beauty guru do for her skincare routine? She's glowing. She's thriving. I want to feel like that. I want to look like how she does in that picture. How do I get that? Oh, there's a hashtag that says self-love, hashtag self-care, hashtag R&R for myself. Those kinds of things do something to our brains that make us want to feel that way so we 
we start to follow in those footsteps. And that can put a lot of added pressure on us, especially people who already deal with anxiety and depression. That's just an added stress that might make you feel inadequate if maybe you can't afford whatever it is that Kylie or whoever has just put out a skincare line, maybe you can't afford it, or maybe you forget to do it one day. I know something simple like that can completely throw me off. I have spent money on skincare routines before, not anything specific to one beauty guru or actress or anything. I've just put together my own routines and I have found that if I have missed it for a day or if I forgot to do a step, I will beat myself up about it. (laughs) And I know that sounds silly to some, but that really is the reality of how my brain works and how my anxiety can work at times. So when talking about self-care and outside influences, that is what I mean by the negative impact is staying true to you and who you are and what means you have available to yourself to make yourself feel better in your own way. You don't have to be the trendiest. You don't have to follow in the footsteps of the Kylie Jenners of the world or any Kardashian for that matter. Um, Whatever the case may be, it just needs to be authentic and true to you as far as what you do to help yourself in trying times when dealing with your own personal mental health story. I think that when looking at the society that we live in and talking about self-care, it can be real easy to get sucked into that black hole of comparison and feeling like you're not doing the right self-care stuff because you might feel like this but so-and-so's feeling like that, so clearly something's wrong with you. And that's just not the truth. That's not the case at all. I guess what I'm trying to say with all that is don't put pressure on yourself to have to buy the coolest or hottest things that might be out on the market at any given point in time. Because when it comes to your own self-care, it is very individualistic and true to what works for you. Whatever works for everybody else might not work for you and vice versa, and that's totally okay. But don't plague yourself with the pressure of trying to purchase all the trendiest things to make yourself feel better because it looks like it's making everyone else around you feel better. We live in a world where people want to post their happy selves and not necessarily what's going on behind the scenes. And it can be really easy to get caught up in that and compare the two. And there is a big difference. So that's just what I want to caution you on. I have to caution myself on it a lot is really just doing things with intent that'll make yourself feel better and hopefully have a lasting positive impact on your mental health. Well, that about wraps it up for me today, guys. Thank you again so much for tuning in and being here with me. I look forward to being back next week. Remember to always stay humble, be brave, and know that you're not alone. Until next time, guys, take care. Bye-bye.